This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, good morning. This is Doug Field, the CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, uh, joined by my co-host, Brent Macy, Managing Director. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, Doug. How are you? I'm pretty well. We got a, It's been a rainy week in Atlanta. We've got a bright sunshine out. You're going to hit the little round ball tomorrow? Yeah, sure am. We got... We got rained out last weekend, but now it looks really nice. So it's going to be it's going to be hot again, but you know that's expected. Yeah. Well, we got talking about hot. We got a hot program today talking about that ever popular, fast changing, defined contribution in a private exchange market. And we've got three interesting guests coming up uh, on the program today. One from a uh, leading independent broker advisory firm talking about their perspective on exchanges and how they're advising their clients, and then. Uh, you know, major health plan signal on following that and their exchange initiatives. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. And I think the third one is very, very interesting. I mean, John Kagi uh, uh, with HealthStat, who's a member of our League of Leaders, and, and their HealthStat is one of the leaders in the on-site health clinic health management space. And John's very bullish about private exchange. I think that's an important. Uh, it'll be an important session for the audience to hear how health management is tied together with defined contribution and private exchanges. But you had a couple interesting surveys go across your desk. You and yeah, I sure week, did. Right? Uh, Jonathan yeah. Field, our, our uh, managing editor, you know, loads my guns every every week with some some interesting studies that come out of the market. And you know, private exchanges. A lot of what it's saying is is they're exploding, and you know, the growth in private exchanges is, has taken off. I think you know a couple of things that are coming out of some of these surveys um, really do support that. But kind of the first survey that I wanted to touch on here with you and everybody in the audience there is it's a survey that was done by um, Array Health and it was their second annual health check survey report on private um, private exchanges obviously and the report provides insight into industry expectations and the approach for creating and operating private exchanges and the the sample size of this survey was um, 88 industry leaders so that's is something we need to know. And then if you look at... Relatively small, but a good snapshot. Good snapshot. And so 88 um, recipients participated. And then you look at, you know, some of the stuff that they reference in here is the the Accenture report that estimated that 3 million U.S. employees were enrolled in um, 2014 benefits using private exchanges. Mm -hmm. So that's the 3 million number that we've talked about on the program before. They're projecting it to be 40 million by 2018, and I've seen that in a couple other studies as well. But um, what the study really uh, focused on here is defined contribution models are gaining traction. And one of the things that it said is the the majority of the respondents believe that defined contribution models will be the com or will be more common than defined benefit approaches within the next five years. And and I tend to to agree with that. Well, yeah, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, you talk about defined contribution plus exchanges, plus private exchanges that the study talks about, and that, you know, some of the industry pundits say, hey, defined contribution isn't a new thing. And that's truth. It isn't. Right. It isn't a new thing. Right. But defined contribution connected to a well-run private exchange enables the implementation to take place and be executed and the maturing of that model to work across an employee population. I think think that's the key. So I'm not surprised by that. And and I think employers are familiar with defined contribution. All the defined contribution healthcare is different than defined contribution retirement plan. Look at at where the majority of retirement plans are now. Mm -hmm. They're defined contribution plans. Right. And then the, the next point here is private exchange awareness grows. And (laughs) what the survey pointed out here, um, it actually got into the consumers. It said perceived awareness among consumers jumped from 31% 
to 45% last year. So the awareness amongst the, the employee consumers is growing. But here was here was the stat that really stood out to me is 99% of, of the people surveyed here are either somewhat or very aware of a private exchange. Yep. And uh, they had mentioned that a lot of that... To employers know, you're talking about, right? To the employers, right, yeah, right. to the employers. So the employers, 99% of, of these 88 um, employers were either somewhat or very aware of a private exchange. And they said a lot of that stemmed from from the federal exchange. The federal exchange kind of brought the light into the idea of an exchange, and then private, the private yeah. side of it came... Um, yeah, really piggybacked the, on that concept to an extent. Yeah, all the news, the challenges, the breakdown, the, the all the ad dollars being spent around healthcare.gov, and even some of these state exchanges got people's eyes on an exchange and then enabled the private exchange message, you know, th- through us and various other outlets and, and also through the exchange them, themselves to kind of open the eyes mm-hmm. to private exchanges. And it's why you and I talk about all the time when we're talking to a uh, variety of the exchanges and, you know, whether it's a broker or consultant, a tech platform themselves, you know, et cetera, is that you, you got to make continue to make the employers aware of your model because they're the ones that are sitting in the hot seat right now being asked by their CFO or C-level executive to mm-hmm. figure out if, an, if a defined contribution exchange model is the right way for them to go. Right. Either now, 2015, Already looking at 2016, and then certainly 17 and 18. The next, um, the next point here in the survey is um, single uh, insurer exchanges gather momentum. And to your point, you know, there's there's the multi-carrier, the single-carrier approach, and and employers are looking at what option. You know, what do I look at? Do I look at the single-carrier? Do I look at the multi-carrier approach? But what well, the survey? What, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. That's well. What so what the what the survey is saying here is. Revealed that the single um, insurer insurer solutions are being adopted faster than the multi-carrier exchanges. More than half of the um, the respondents said that they will use a a single insurer exchange as a um, as a way to do this uh, before 2000. What did it say? By the end of 2014. Um, so, and then it said one third of the others will look at a multi-carrier. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, option. It, I think again, coming back to almost running parallel with an employer's familiarity with defined contribution and what they consider defined contribution. It's an employer's familiarity with their current benefit plans of a lot of them of, of working with one carrier with, you know, multiple choices from that carrier, but uh, with one carrier. So I think it, it's not surprising. I think the single carrier is exceeding, you know, the multi-carrier. I mean, the whole concept of a marketplace is to have multiple choices. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to an employer wanting to refine that offering, you know, for the employee population and include all the other things that we talk about, the supplemental health, the voluntary, you know, the health management, the transparency, decision support tools, you know, et cetera, it, it makes sense that, that, that their major medical is around a single carrier. And just, just to recap this, so this is the study. Um, it's the Health Checks Survey Report from Array Health. Um, Sure, you can find it on their website. We we actually had it sent to us um, from the team there. But the the points are: defined contribution models are gaining traction. Private exchange awareness is growing significantly. Uh, the single insurer exchange um, model is is gathering momentum. And um, so you can find this find the study on the Ray Health uh, website if you want to look at it more. And I'm sure it's on our website at dihcc.com uh, if you want to go there to to pick it up and uh, take a look at it. Uh, the next, the next piece that um, we're going to look at here is is a piece that uh, I hope I say this name right, 
Jania did, and it says the title of it. So, you, so you want a private exchange, <laughs> and what it really talks about is, are what are the business reasons to look at a private exchange, and what should you consider carefully when when doing this? And they really point out four things that you really need to consider before implementing a proprietary private exchange. And the first point they say is, do you build it or do you buy it? Mm -hmm. And what they really talk about is, should your IT shop build the exchange or should you go out and buy software that's available through a vendor out there? Now, now is this applied to health plans themselves? This is applying directly to health plans. So um, that's the first point that they make, and then they come further in the study uh, in this same first point. And what they really say is that, yeah, you got to look at do you go buy it or do you go build it? But they say the first thing you really need to look at is um, what do we need to know to integrate the right type of decision support Mm -hmm. into an exchange tool to help consumers Mm -hmm. choose the insurance products that best meet their needs. And I've heard that from some exchanges out there that that is the number one focus if you're not – focus there on how you build to, to really center on the consumer. Um, Engagement, education, right. decision support, create the stickiness. How do you, you know, how do you help out your employee consumers? You can't just open the door and say, here's the exchange, go have at it. you got to be ready to help them. Right. And the exchange partners specifically, help plan, mm-hmm. you know, if that's, if that's them providing that exchange environment uh, or whoever that is. And then, uh, so that's that's the first point. So if you're looking at it, you know, what do I consider? That's the first thing to consider. And then the second thing they point out is the web impacts. And, you know, there's there's a lot of, it says, decisions abound about the web and your private exchange. And what they're saying is you need to consider and decide if you will bring your customers through your plan site um, or are you going to drive them to a standalone Exchange microsite, and so how are you? What's the functionality going to be um, with people use, coming right? coming through? Where are they going to come through yeah. and access the exchange? Yeah. And then the third point here is automation. Um, you know, throughout the the implement implementation process, there will be many operational decisions to to make. You know, you got to look at who will be doing the billing, the vendor, or uh, you the the health plan. Um, how will the enrollment be handled? Which mm-hmm. is a big big piece who will be responsible for setting up the the customer in the pro in your processing system how and are the products loaded into the processing system i actually talked with some um, private exchange players and some supplemental health players this week and that was one of my key questions to them um, when i was kind of searching to understand what's the process of loading your products into these platforms how quickly can that can that take place? And they really all said it depends on IT departments right. on both teams right. and how quickly we can integrate. Um, it can be a two-month process or it can move quicker is kind of the, the gist that I got from that. And then finally is is sales strategy. What is going to be your sales strategy um, with your private exchange? So a lot to consider. You know, I think a lot of the market is really, um, you know, from health plans, which which we'll hear from uh, Jake at Cygnus. Jake is going to be very interesting to hear his perspective on, on private exchanges and what Cygnus doing. doing. Yep. Um, I'm talking to a lot of solution providers out there that want to target health plans. And, um, you know, from, from a technology standpoint, but what we always, you know, kind of take them back to is what's the value of an employer knowing – knowing exactly what you're doing with your private exchange. Even though you're the technology provider, 
What is that value for that employer to know about that exchange? I think it's key today because today the employer is really, in essence, the consumer. You know, tomorrow it will, it will be the true consumer, but today the employer is the consumer. So whether a health plan is writing you a check or you're selling it through brokers, et cetera, it's important that the employers know what's going on. And, you know, a lot of this information we talked about today you know, about exchanges, fine contributions, a lot that we're going to hear on the program today uh, – you know, you'll you'll find at IHC Forum West coming up November 10th through 12th. Yep. You know, uh, you know we've got a very deep pre-con uh, led by Price Waterhouse Coopers and the Employer Coalition. We've got the healthy general sessions and workshops and other you know uh, taking place uh, along with you know many of the people that you're talking about. Exchange providers will be among the various innovators that are there with us. Yep, and one of the, and, and as always with the program, uh, everybody listening out there with privatehealthcareexchanges.com, if you type in IHC Radio, all caps, into that website, you'll qualify for discounts either on the monthly or the yearly uh, subscription there where we have over 170, or actually 160 at this point, and we're going to go to an update to have 170 over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so check that out. IHC Radio, all caps. And stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute of Healthcare Consumers, along with my co-host Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome back to Healthcare Consumers and Radio, and kind of continue, continuing the discussion on private exchanges, and joining us today is Craig Hasday, Chief Operating Officer with Frankel Benefits, which is one of the largest privately held brokerage and consulting firms in the United States. Uh, Craig, good morning. Good morning. Hey, good to have you on the program. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Hey, give our audience a little backgrounder on Frankel, and then let's we'll move into kind of this discussion about you know what you guys are doing in exchanges and what you see. Sure. Uh, Frankel is a, uh, a a a large regional uh, broker, and predominantly in the New York marketplace. But we we service clients throughout the country. 
Um, our employee benefit practice has about 70 people in it, and we uh, introduced our version of a private exchange, the Frankel Benefits Marketplace, back last November. Uh, we use the BeSwift platform as our, as our okay. platform. We are sort of uh, agnostic as to platform. We work with uh, a number of other different platforms uh, because you know we believe that first and foremost we're advisors to our clients. So we've been uh, playing around that private exchange space for quite some time now. Yeah. Craig, what's your typical uh, client size? We, uh, we, so we we have a lot of clients in the in the smaller end of the market, but mm-hmm. uh, the clients that uh, that really are, are most interested in the private exchange space uh, probably f- three to five hundred employees yeah. in that range. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, Craig, uh, this is Brent. When you look at the private exchanges, and there are a lot of different models out there, um, how would you really, you know, define define an exchange, and how is it different from from an enrollment platform that that's been out there for a long time? You know, it's funny the the the, 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 the line that I've heard at every single conference I've attended on on private exchanges is, "If you've seen one private exchange, you've seen one <laughs> private exchange." They're all fairly different. Yeah, uh, I would uh, I would exchange I would. I would define a private exchange as a, a marketplace. The, the kind of the, the, the one, the Aon uh, private exchange, I think, was the first one out there. Uh, and, and people like Liaison quickly grasped the concept and said, hey, we're a private exchange too. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's grab that name. Uh, I think a private exchange is just a vehicle to introduce consumerism, to introduce choice, mm-hmm. and to... Uh, you know, bring employees more into the the, the purchase equation in, in healthcare. I mean, for quite some time, as we see the evolution of of wellness, and and, and we look at employers that have had multiple products, uh, and even employers that have had buy-up strategies, which which is in effect a defined contribution model. I think I think this is not such a revolutionary thing. I think it's just an evolution of the marketplace and uh, and you know it's, it's a label yep. that uh, I think a lot of marketers are trying to put in place in order to to, to take advantage of the buzz around healthcare reform right. there is a reality wouldn't you agree that uh, that a, a well-run private exchange uh, it, it makes it easier to facilitate defined contribution correct Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, the the the, the ultimate, you know, I, I I think I think to kind of strip away a lot of the hype around private exchanges, <laughs> um, you know, it, it really is a mechanism to to introduce defined contribution, to introduce consumerism, and I, and I hate to say it because it's kind of a dirty little secret, but I think it's a mechanism that many employers are using to leverage their employees into lowest common denominator plans, and that's. I think that's one of the unfortunate offshoots of, of, of those that are adopting private exchanges. Uh, the ones that, that I see you know, most quickly embracing the whole concept of private exchanges are the employers that are you know, coming to grips with either present uncontrollable costs or expected uncontrollable costs, and I'm saying, you know, I really do need to get my employees more engaged in, in the cost continuum. And using the private exchanges and defined contribution to say, it's going to make sense for you to take more risk. I often use the analogy that if an automobile insurance policy covered gas and oil, how expensive would automobile insurance be? And would people have any incentive when there's a gas crisis to cut back on utilization? That's Hmm. that's unfortunately what's happened with the healthcare system. I, I, I remember back... 
when I first got my, my first child was born in 1983, and I paid a $400 deductible, and I had a 20% coinsurance. I think I think it cost me $600 to have my daughter. And I remember thinking that that was a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Craig, when you look at um, you know all the different models out there, there's you know we talked about it in the first news and views segment. You know, the multi-carrier, single-carrier. You know, how do you do you have a preference on um, multi-carrier, single-carrier, and then how do you guys look at, you know, the technology? You would mentioned, you know, you utilize B-Swift from a platform standpoint, but you have some others. How do, how do you come to the determination on the technology partner? So, I mean, the technology partner has to be robust. The, I think the most critical aspect of technology is flexibility and, um, and, and, and the ability to provide decision support software. I think mean, that's that's really the what 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 it comes down to. Those are the essence of what you need. As far as multi-carrier versus single-carrier, I think it's all about risk. I mean, ideally, as a consumer, I'd want you know every single carrier out there on the exchange. I'd right. want to be on the on the public exchanges. But we see what's happening with prices on the public exchange right. marketplace. Mm-hmm. They they you know the double-digit growth that we're hearing about for 2015 is a reality, and, and the selection issues that we're hearing about on the public marketplace is a, a reality. And in the private exchange world, the, the, the employers are going to be able to control the selection risk, right. and you can more effectively control selection risk with a single carrier than you can with a multi-carrier. Could, so I, I truly, in the middle market, don't believe that, multi, that multi-carrier is sustainable. Maybe when you have 25,000 employees or 30,000 employees, multi-carrier sustainable, because effectively you're self-insured anyway, so you're right. not so much right. concerned about selection. Right. But those middle market con- employers that are looking to control risk are going to uh, are want to use the levers that they can only have with a single, with a single carrier. Yeah. We see the same thing, Greg, and we tend to agree. Uh, talk about the depth of, you know, everyone talks about presenting the complete benefit experience. Exchanges will enable you to present to your employee population the complete benefit experience, well-rounded supplemental health, voluntary, you know, transparency, decision support tools, and then the health management piece. How, do, how are you advising your clients, and what are you helping them doing, taking this first step, second step? Well, I mean, from, from a first step perspective, we're trying to keep it simple. We're, yep. not, we're not trying to expand the universe so quickly. But if the idea is to empower employees to make the choices that make the most sense for them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the more products, the better. And yep. the, the major pushback to multiple products from the employer perspective has has been, it's too hard to explain, it's too hard to administer, it's too hard to reconcile the bills. And with a private exchange platform, all of those objectives are gone. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's really quite easy to, to, to put a multi-matrix product portfolio out there. I think that most of the employers that are looking at private exchanges are electing to not just throw out the whole universe of products, but rather looking to go a little slow on selection mm-hmm. because it's, it is too hard to explain. It's too, more, it's too hard for employees to absorb. They really want the employers to understand the health insurance purchasing decision before they are you know, looking at these vast array of products. But it's coming. There's, there's no question that that yeah, uh, eventually they'll be there. They're going to get out of this, yeah, this, yeah. this game of, of explaining it and leave it to the platforms. Right. Now, Craig, if you you know this was two three years ago when the exchanges were really starting to come to come into vogue, um, the brokers consultants out there were kind of concerned. Did they have a role to play? And I think now it does appear that brokers, advisors, consultants have a big role to play with these private exchanges. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. The the the, the ultimate. The ultimate role that the broker is going to play is in cost containment. How, yep. You know, the, the, 
the employers, private exchange has done great, but, but the reality is employers are still going to have to control costs, and, uh, and they're going to still need advisors to control costs. You know, I, I think about the, you know, the, the tax software that came out there, and they thought it was going to be the end of tax providers, <laughs> tax advisors. That didn't happen, and it's not going to happen with healthcare advisors. Well, well, Craig, I think you know, running parallel with that, and very important in 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 your role in serving your clients, particularly when I look at that mid-sized market that you're talking about, is compliance. I mean, you you put them in exchange, but you got to help them with compliance too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if if you, I'm sure you did see the release yesterday of the new IRS compliance forms for healthcare. And uh, I looked at them and my head spun. In, fact, <laughs> my, in my blog, franklyspeaking.com, I, I wrote, uh, I wrote a, a piece for Monday about, about the tax forms that are going to be required. They're just so incredibly collect, complex. And every individual, every small you know, person who's buying insurance on the exchange is going to have to deal with these forms. It's, it's a, compliance is the biggest nightmare out of this whole legislation. Now, Craig, do you think, uh, do you think private exchanges are the magic pill to control health care costs? I don't. I, I think I think private exchanges are part of the evolution. I think ultimately the where we're going to get in this country is is high deductible plans, mm-hmm. moving everyone to the to the HSA space. I, I see HSA, HRA, FSA, all of those vehicles uh, converging into into one master product, and insurance being what really it should be, which is you know p- protecting the the risk that a family can't can't af- afford to absorb themselves. Uh, and the and the small dollar expenses, I think, are going to go toward these master savings accounts in one form or another. I, I really, truly don't see private exchanges as as a long term sustainable solution. However, I do think that the 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 vehicle that is developed to administer and to explain and to uh, and to you know bring the consumer information is going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the private exchange vehicle will be sustainable. The private exchange vehicle is a cost containment solution. I think that's going to run out of gas pretty quickly. So it's still, in your opinion, so it still is going to be a consumerism-type market where that employer still needs to work with their broker consultant on how to empower that employee population to become that better consumer of health and health care? Absolutely. And, and I think wellness, which has really taken on steam, is going to continue to, to take on steam because wellness extends beyond health insurance. It, it extends to, to productivity. It extends to absenteeism, presenteeism. It, it extends to satisfaction of employees in the workplace. I think that the, the employers are going to take a, a central and critical role. I, I don't see, particularly as we look at what happened with the VA, I don't see a, a single national player as even viable in the next in the next decade or two. I, 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 can't, I just can't believe that, that this experience is going to rub well with American voters. Now, when you look at going back to the exchanges with the are there pricing issues that arise with the exchanges? Um, you had mentioned, you know, employee employee consumers going in and choosing down in their benefits, and I've I've heard that from panels before at shows and looking at that HSA. It, what happens with the pricing? Um, are there pricing issues that arise because of that? Well, I mean, that's where this thing runs out of gas. Right. Ultimately, you're okay. going to have selection concerns. Mm-hmm. People who are sicker are going to buy more benefits. People mm-hmm. who are less sick are going to buy less benefits, and, and the more benefits are going to be priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. So when you have selection pricing on anything, it, it runs out of gas quickly because the, 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 the individuals that are benefiting from the system, that, that benefit has to be washed out actuarially. So I, I, I would expect that, that more expensive plans are going to be priced dramatically more expensively. 
and, uh, and they're going to be they're going to be forced out of the system. We're going to see a leveraging down of benefits. You know, gradually right. there'll be a large spectrum of products available, but as it becomes apparent that the people that are buying it are using it more more so than the than the lower purchasers, that selection price is what's going to what's going to eliminate the the options available for many employers. Well, Craig, we really appreciate having you on the program today. Um, Very insightful. Would love to have you back um, sometime again on the program. So have a great weekend up there. And, um, you know, would love to have you join us at IHC Forum West if you think you can make it in uh, Las Vegas December 10th to 12th. So really appreciate it. We'd love to do it. Thanks, guys, for the invitation. All right. Take care. Everybody else stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's Breaking News, Industry Trends, Expert Blogs, and Networking with IHC's Industry-Wide Member Community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, uh, joined along with my co-host, Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome back to the segment, Healthcare Consumerism Radio, which we continue the discussion on uh, private exchanges. And uh, joining us to kind of lead this uh, discussion is Jake uh, Piscolio, uh, VP of Private Exchange Business for Signet. Jake, good morning. Good morning. Hey, great to have you on the program. I really appreciate you taking time uh, to join us today. Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, talk. Give our audience kind of background on where Cigna, uh, what Cigna is doing in this space right now with uh, private exchanges. Sure. So uh, Cigna, we see great opportunity for private exchanges, uh, both from an active employee perspective as well as on the retiree side of the equation as well. Uh, and we are taking many steps into this emerging space. One with our own proprietary exchange, which we call Sigma Solution, mm-hmm. as well as participating in many broker consultant exchanges on the active side, as well as on the retiree side, um, and offering our medical plans as well as our broad uh, ancillary products, dental, vision, life accident, disability, et cetera. So, so the complete Sigma product line is in uh, your exchange right now? Both our exchange as well as the, and, and, uh, the, the broker consultant exchanges that we participate on as well. What do you see? Uh, you're excited about this space. You're focused on this space moving forward. What do you see the most confusion in this space right now? I think the most confusion comes in that there are many different types of exchanges, and we like to say, and many as well in the industry say, you know, you've seen one exchange, you've seen one exchange. So a lot of activity in the space, a lot of different types of exchanges, all with commonalities, but also taking a different approach to it. And I think from 
an employer perspective, from a carrier perspective, and ultimately from a customer perspective, sorting it all out is really important. So I think that's where the most confusion is, uh, is with any um, emerging products or capabilities in the market. You, you tend to see that, yeah. uh, and there's a bit of a sorting out period, and I think we're in that period right now. You know, Jack, you were, uh, uh, you, you know, you led the development and launch for the audience that knows around Cygnus consumer-driven products. And uh, when you look at exchanges, I mean, you see all the surveys out there, everything out there about, you know, the the explosion expected among uh, HSAs. Do you see the same happening across the space? It's, it's, uh, it seems very similar mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, you know, going back probably more than 10 years ago now and what we saw in the consumer-driven health space, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, prognostications around uh, rapid growth in private exchanges. I think the market is still very nascent, and you know we're seeing interest, a lot of interest, I would say. Uh, however, you know the adoption curve will will take some time. I think that's really predicated on ultimately the value that is delivered versus the promises that uh, are being made through the exchanges. So it does feel similar you know we we believe at Signet there will be uh, strong growth in the space the question becomes ultimately you know, what does that op- adoption curve ultimately look like and how how rapid does the growth occur Jake this is Brent when you um when you go talk to employers out there in the marketplace and or brokers what you know what are one two things that they need to really look at when considering moving into moving into a private exchange employer specifically right now yeah, I think from the employer side, it's really about understanding you know, what are their objectives. Are they interested in an exchange because it's viewed as a vehicle to deliver more choice for their employees and the employees' family members and ultimately getting them into the right plan that's best for them? Another consideration is from an administrative perspective for the employer, as they view this as a way to not only get more choice for their employees, but also to drive to in simpler administrative relationship with the carrier or their, their broker. I think that's, you know, another consideration as well. And very important, and something we make sure that the employer is thinking about is the ultimately the value and the, really taking a long-term view of this as opposed to, you know, maybe just uh, sort of a, a shorter-term approach, which is about, um, you know, maybe introducing more choice with a, an objective of getting at cost um, and, you know, trying to drive costs through buy-downs. There's a longer-term play, an opportunity to not only do that, but also get at better consumer engagement and overall, you know, improvements around health and productivity. Yeah. Is there a, uh, you know, we have a very complex system the way it is right now, Jake. So from an employer and their employee standpoint, do exchanges help simplify or do they add to the complexity of this already complex system? Yeah, good question. I think, there is a opportunity to drive simplicity mm-hmm. done right. And by that, I mean, if you introduce more choice, and in many cases, employers are offering more choice to their employees of medical plans. So instead of having maybe two plans to choose from, you know, they can have anywhere from six to seven, some instances more. That leads to additional complexity where the opportunity comes for the private exchange administrator is how do you take that complexity, put the right tools, the right communication, simplify the language so it's understandable so that that, that complexity ultimately gets simplified. And I think that's one of the key opportunities that is there from a private exchange perspective and certainly an area that Sigma is very focused on. How do we take that, the potential for complexity and really simplify it? Now, Jake, look at... 
No, I was going to say, now looking at your, let's say you're looking at your current book of business right now and you looked at you look at the people that the employers that have adopted let's say the high deductible type plans and went full replacement um, with those plans as the only option are you seeing that that employer more interested in the exchange or are you seeing employers um, who maybe aren't even at a full replacement still offer plans of choice taking the jump to to look aggressively at the exchange option yeah, I think it's a mixed bag right now. Certainly the employer who hasn't gone into a consumer-driven product offering, you know, either full replacement or, you know, encouraging people there, you know, there, that may be a step before they move to a private exchange. So one of the things we like to do is, you know, really have a conversation with the employer to step back and say, okay, where are you now? Why haven't you, if you haven't introduced a consumer-driven plan more aggressively, why haven't you done that? Is there something holding you back? And maybe the answer isn't that private exchange is right yet, but maybe that's something that, that's down the line. Or the private exchange may create that opportunity to move that employer to consumer-driven plans that hasn't been there yet because they see the value of you know, more choice, get people to the right plan, give them the tools that help them get to that right plan. So it's really a multifaceted discussion, you know, really centered on what are the needs of that employer, their population, and then how do you fit the right solution to it. Jake, do you see a, a, across your uh, uh, customer and uh, prospect base, and even even through the brokers that you support and others, uh, do you see any any specific sectors and size of employers moving more aggressively than others? Yeah, we've seen interest really across the board, mm-hmm. and it's too early to call a trend. I think where you've seen the most adoption, however, has been on the larger side of the. Mm-hmm employer size. So you know, we, would, we would define as national accounts, the bigger jumbo clients with a more geographically dispersed mm-hmm. workforce. That's where we've seen the adoption thus far. Part of that is just in terms of the, the market and where the, the larger consulting firms who, you know, in many ways were first to market yeah. have focused. Right. But, you know, as we've launched our proprietary exchange signature solutions, you know, we've seen interest um, really across the board and expect that that interest level will continue to grow and, and really don't see it as something that's going to be uh, limited to a size of employer at this point. Yeah, we kind of see the same thing. I, you know, uh, in, in talks with a lot of the midsize employers that I classify as 250 to 3,000 employees, we see that large group actually the ones sitting on the fence that I think are going to move pretty aggressively when they start seeing uh, continued good results come out from their peers and others in the space. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's really, you said it at the end, it's about results. Yeah. So there, again, a lot of um, opportunity, a lot of promise with exchanges across the board. Mm-hmm. The key, I think, is going to be value. And how mm-hmm. does that value come through for the plan sponsor, but also for the individual customer and or the employee of that employer and helping them to you know, achieve achieve the goals they're looking for. Now, Jake, when you, the opportunity. Yeah. When you talk Thanks. about the employers there, um, what's the flexibility that they have when they go into these exchanges? Is it is it increased flexibility or are they limited um, in what they can do by making this move in some ways? Yeah, again, so I think everything really depends on which exchange. So okay. you know, from the Cygnus exchange, we create a set of plans both on the medical side and ancillary from mm-hmm. which the employer can choose. So there's some 
element of a stable plan offering there, a set of plans, but we've also introduced some flexibility to make sure that a client is able to match you know, existing planner plans that they have and then introduce some additional plan choices. Um, so we want to make sure that we're providing the flexibility that's needed in the market, but also creating some standardization because that's important in terms of efficiency around plan administration. And the, the, the broker or third-party exchanges, there is a mixed bag. Um, some are very standard in terms of, you know, you rolling an offer five plans. Others are looking for 20 plans. Um, really depends. And I think that's one of the things that's an interesting area to watch is just to see how that uh, morphs over time. Does it, does it get to more flexibility or does it stay you know, more standardized? I think that's an open question still. Jake, hmm. uh, listen, we uh, uh, time, time flies when we're having fun here, and this has been a really uh, uh, great conversation. I look forward to continuing it. Uh, you got about a minute, and I want to give you a chance to kind of wrap this and leave our audience with some uh, takeaway thoughts from you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the the opportunity to speak with you today. I think with the private exchange business, it's uh, very much a an evolving space. It's important for employers to really step back and think about what are the drivers for why a private exchange might be a good solution for them and their employees, and ultimately to you know make sure they're thinking both short term and longer term in terms of you know where this uh, where this ultimately goes. I think the key thing there is, you know, how does that value ultimately manifest itself uh, for for the plan sponsor for their employees, and, and ultimately how is that aligned with their strategy? Jake, thanks uh, so much. I hope uh, you can join us out west at IAC Forum and uh, continue this discussion. But really appreciated uh, your time today and this discussion. You have a great weekend, and to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment: of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. Have you checked out the only online guide where employers, health plans, brokers, and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets? Browse PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today. The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. Hey, everybody. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. Solution providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, 
your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Fields, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, uh, joined by my co-host, Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome back to this segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Uh, we're pleased today to have uh, one of member of our legal leaders uh, with the IHC and a longtime friend of the Institute, John Kagey, Chief Strategist with HealthStat. John, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? Doing fine. Are you out in Washington today? I'm actually in Oregon today. Oh, Oregon today. Yeah. I knew you were out there somewhere. So. <laughs> John, great to have you on the program. Uh, give our audience a brief background on HealthStat, and then we'll get into the connection here with the exchanges. Well, sure. Uh, HealthStat is uh, about a 10-year-old uh, company that is involved in creating on-site health care uh, and health promotion. Uh, we partner with uh, an exclusive rela- arrangement with uh, ProChange Behavior Systems to um, uh, to provide uh, the, the best quality possible uh, health uh, behavior change uh, while we're also providing uh, urgent care type uh, primary care on-site for employers. You, you know, John, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know whether you were able to listen to the, the, the previous segments, but we, you know, in the conversation we had today with the various exchange players and we have continually in the exchange space, there's always a, a pause around the health management and health promotion piece. And I think most people will say that at, at first place there was concern that health management and health promotion would be disconnected and may fall away. But it's quite the opposite, is it not? I mean, you're pretty bullish on where you see the space. I'm very bullish on it. Um, actually, it was almost a year ago that I predicted that um, almost all, if not all, self-insured large employers would go to private exchanges eventually. Um, and one of the reasons is is because it offers them the opportunity to bundle in to their plans um, the kinds of health promotion and incentives that will improve their employees' health which alternatively improves their productivity and obviously then reduces downstream health care costs. So the private exchanges offer a kind of a a one-time administrative cost uh, benefit and a long-term lower cost uh, due to the competition on the exchange by the various insurers, and employers can then reinvest those savings uh, into the kinds of health promotion that will ultimately lower their health care costs. John, when you look at you know when you look at your solutions specifically to to private exchanges, kind of you know what is the thing that in, the employer really needs to know about your products and where your connection is to that exchange? Well, right now we're we're not officially or formally connected to exchanges. Right. We think there's an, a wonderful opportunity to do so, particularly for our model, because our model is more than just on-site health care, which in and of itself is a great value for employers and always provides an ROI. But the real benefit of, of the health stat approach is the health promotion that we provide, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, uh, through our partnership with ProChange, mm-hmm. uh, which allows our clinicians uh, to use the best-in-class uh, health behavior change techniques uh, that ProChange has um, pioneered. 
And so our clinicians have access to information not only about the risks, the health risks of the employees that they're working with, but also about the readiness to change stage that those employees are in. And combining that with the risks allows us to customize the, 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 the health behavior changes uh, that are necessary for each employee. Now, the, the great opportunity here is, and, and we're very excited about this, is that as employers move to a defined contribution approach on the healthcare exchanges, away from single carriers, but more toward choice for their employees, that they're going to have the additional resources available now to invest in an on-site health promotion solution like ours uh, or any other kind of wellness program mm -hmm. uh, that will not only help them uh, lower their downstream uh, risk of cost increases, uh, but also improve the productivity of their employees and also improve the morale of their employees mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the, all the changes that are occurring in healthcare are somewhat intimidating to people and having uh, a stronger, very highly desirable on-site health care solution helps to compensate for that, uh, that anxiety that they feel. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense, Sean. And also, uh, as, as we've got more integrated engagement and communications and education, you're right at the center of that with what you're doing with your solution. So you marry well with what the exchanges are going to be doing to try to make sure they they keep that, that consumer population engaged with them. Absolutely. Yes, uh, very important that uh, the exchanges are supporting the decisions Hey, John, I lost you. Can you hear us right now? I think we lost lost John. A little technical difficulty there on on the the connection. But I think what you know, Doug, what he's talking about with the you know with his connection, the health promotion piece to the exchanges. Um, you know, definitely very good connection there with the private exchanges. Some of the things, and one of the things that I'd like to once we get John back on the line here, you know. You know, what decisions will employers have to make about health benefit options available on those private exchanges? And, you know, what what can they do um, with those decisions and what are the best decisions that they're able to make? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I think, you know, the health and productivity side, all three of our guests have talked about that. Even though that's John's sweet spot, we've all three have talked about the importance of that, the health management and health productivity piece. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we were, we had mentioned before on the program that we had, you know, we actually had the, the pleasure to go listen to, to some of these exchanges in, an ex, um, in a conference, and what they really talked about is health and wellness and promotion um, is a very big piece of, of all these platforms. John, did we get you back? Yeah, we're, I'm back. I'm sorry for that. I was on a landline and it died. So oh, okay. <laughs> That's all right, technology. But, you know, picking up on your last point, um, you know, I think one of the things that Doug and I were talking about while we are trying to get you back is are the decisions that the employers are going to have to make about the health benefit options available on these exchanges. What Kind of elaborate on that. What are the decisions that that employer is going to have to make um, within well, this platform? Yeah, the employers, the, the good news is the employers, once they make those decisions, will be able to reduce the amount of administrative oversight that they have of their health plan mm -hmm. and turn it over to the, health, the private exchanges, which is going to reduce the number of human resources employees that they need, and that gives them some of their savings. 
The decisions they have to make, though, is what kinds of plans they're going to put their employees into. And this is a very important question. I'm writing a blog about it now. Um, and that is, um, do they want to go to a defined contribution approach mm-hmm. so that they can make their costs more predictable um, and also um, uh, share more of the cost increases of the future with their employees to generate more consumerism? That all sounds great and it sounds like a no-brainer, except when you're in the employer's shoes, you might think that that may create um, a competitive benefit disadvantage on the labor market against Mm -hmm. your competitors who may not do that. So a competitor may say, I'm going to keep my defined benefit program, and that may be appealing to the employees. So what does the employer do about that? They want the benefits of the defined contribution. They want their employees to share more of the cost that they have skin in the game and they're better consumers, but they don't want to create a a benefit disadvantage. And what they need to do about that is to take that extra money that they've saved and invest it into creating a culture of health and well-being on their on their campuses uh, for their employees that will raise that morale and make them once again the employer of choice on the labor market i i think to your point that that's a that's well stated, uh, John. You know, specifically since we we legitimately have a skilled worker shortage in this country, so I think it strategically is, you know, employers got to have to take a careful approach to which way they move in that competitive environment. But to that point too, would you not agree that if all at once the the competitors start to move that way, there's going to be this giant sucking sound of you know uh, them moving to this private exchange defined contribution model. Yeah, I believe in tipping points, and yeah. I think we're at a tipping point yeah. already with the yeah. private exchange, just a year, you know, into it really, and uh, it, that's why I really do predict that ninety to one hundred percent of large employers that are self-insured are going to be buying their health insurance from private exchanges in the next five years. So some of the surveys show anywhere from thirty-six percent to seventy percent. Uh, but, you know, surveys are based on what people think and say today. And if you follow the money and you think about the advantages and the, the value that the private exchange provides versus an individual carrier, then it doesn't take too much uh, wisdom to figure out that almost everybody's going to be moving toward that higher value private exchange solution. Yeah. And, and that, you know, for our audience to hear this, too, because we've heard from the exchange players themselves, and now we're, we're hearing from you that is one of the leaders in the health promotion and on-site uh, health management space, is that health management, health promotion is alive and well inside the exchange environment. It's an important it, programs for employers to put in place for productivity, for risk management, for, you know, uh, skill retention. Agree? That's right. Yeah. Um, the private exchanges want to have um, health management yep. going on inside the exchanges. And you think about if you have multiple carriers in your exchange, it makes it more difficult for the carriers to use their um, wellness tools. So the private exchanges are looking for other ways to accomplish this, and we think that you know HealthStat provides that uh, that solution. Hey, hey, John, we've got about uh, a minute or so to go, and I really appreciate you having us on. Are, are you spending this time with us today? Sorry about that little breakup, but uh, I want our audience to know that you'll be able to uh, hear John uh, in person if you can make the Las Vegas IHC Forum West. Uh, will be conducting a workshop there and participating uh, in the event. But, John, leave our audience, uh, take take a minute or so, leave our audience with some takeaways, please. Well, sure. So, so private exchanges can reduce the administrative costs of employer health benefits. That provides an opportunity for the employer to reinvest those savings into health promotion. And, of course, health promotion 
reduces downstream healthcare costs and improves productivity, which, by the way, is more valuable than even reducing health costs. So it's a win-win for the employers. And it's a win-win for the employees because now they have more choice to use the defined contribution they're receiving from their employer uh, toward the purchase of the right plan for them, not having their employer make that decision for them. And so as the private exchanges um, demand better results uh, from health promotion programs, um, companies like HealthStat have firmly taken a lead in patient engagement and health behavior change as a way to partner with them uh, to be able to accomplish this for those employers. Uh, we're excited about this prospect, and um, I think most employers already believe that health promotion can provide them with relief from their insurance costs, but many struggle to find economical ways to implement them, and we think the private exchange is that solution. Well, John, we really appreciate uh, having you on the program today. Have a great weekend um, up there in the Northwest and uh, look forward to seeing you at IHC Forum West. To the audience, um, again, the promo to access the uh, private exchange database at privatehealthcareexchanges.com is uh, IHC Radio, all caps, and you can get discounts on the subscription models there. Uh, John, again, thanks so much. And to the uh, rest of our audience, we will talk to you next Friday on Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Thank you, Brent and Doug, for having me. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for